everyone. You're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends gush about romance novels as a way to stay connected and add some heart and levity to life. Let's get started with a Patreon shout out, shall we? Brittany B., you are a Nereid, a sea nymph who represents all of the best parts of the ocean. Your personality is kind as a helpful current. Your intellect as bountiful as an untouched coral reef. Your heart as deep and wide as the Marianas Trench, and your wit as quick as a darting fish. People should know not to mess with you, though, because you've got riptides and crashing waves enough to protect yourself and everyone you love. Nereids are represented as beautiful maidens, and girl, you got that going on too. All right, we're going to jump straight into part one of 99% Mine by Sally Thorne, a book so gorgeous and delightful that we can hardly contain ourselves. Hi, Erin. Hello, Melody. <laughs> it's so nice to see your face. It's nice to see your face. It's been um, like roughly a year and a half since I've seen you, it's right? It's been a really long time, yeah. Has it Feels been like a long time. It's been forever. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, forever. Forever. Because it was like one weekend I had a trip to Ski Chalet, to the Ski Chalet, and then the next weekend I was at KissCon. You were KissConning. And then... Uh. Yeah, this is the first weekend I've been back to say yeah, hey. I know. I know. I've missed your whole face. Same. Man, I've had a huge weekend. Huge. You have? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, first, yesterday, I left the family. I left them, and I, I went out into the world like a lady about town, and I drove a car by myself, and I went to an establishment that cuts hair for curly ladies. <laughs> Uh-huh. Just uh-huh. for curly ladies? Just just for the curlies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was actually wondering if they were going to let me in because I am a wavy, but uh-huh. uh, they did. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Excuse me. Can I come in? I am only a wavy. I only has waves. So <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some complete curls there at the bottom. Aren't you? Mm-hmm. I know. I've got a couple of three Bs going for all my curly girls out there, if you know what that means. No. It's mostly 2C, though, you guys. Mostly 2C, a couple of 3As, and then one 3B. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so I got my hair cut, and it was a big deal. Yeah. I think I, uh-huh. I took, like, a foot off. It was long. Yeah. It was really long. Uh-huh. And then today, we had Ember's third birthday party. Spider-Man. Yay! Spider-Man. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. It was Spider-Man themed. So... <laughs> Somebody brought homemade marshmallows, and I had roughly 16 of them, and now I am so hopped up on sugar, yeah, I don't even know what to do. Are marshmallows one of those things that needs to be homemade? Are they better that way? No. No. <laughs> I was actually I was actually pretty surprised, because earlier in the week, the guy was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go home and make some marshmallows for the party, yeah. and I was like, oh, that's great i've never it's not like there's wholesome ingredients <laughs> yeah. it's not like it's like ooh, these were grown in our backyard or something yeah, no. like that's not something i feel like you need to make from scratch but you it know, seems like something that would be difficult to make from scratch with like gelatin and shit yeah there's gelatin and egg whites and shit yeah why a metric fuck ton of sugar i don't know but they taste like marshmallows so 
good. Con- congrats, everybody. We did it. I had some marshmallows yesterday. I had yeah. s'mores. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I love s'mores. We had a party with kids over. We have many yeah. kids at our home. <laughs> and um, I said to a child, as he, there was a child eating dinner, uh-huh. and he was saying, I'm getting so full. I'm so full of food. Like a total panic reaction to <laughs> having a hamburger. He's like, God, I'm so full. What am I going to do? And I was like, well, don't get too full. I heard a rumor that we have no. s'mores for later. Oh. And he was like, what's s'mores? <gasps> and I was like, you don't know what s'mores are? And he said, I know what they are. They're like a disease, right? What? And I was like, yep, we're giving you s'mores. So <laughs> buckle up and don't eat too much because you're going to get s'mores. <laughs> Freaked him out. But then he got a s'more and he was happy about it. And he was like, gimme. There was another child that was eating a s'more and uh-huh. he became messy. He was a ch- yes. smaller child. He became messy <laughs> from the s'more and then just started like hysterically sobbing from messiness because yes. he didn't want to be messy, but like also eating the s'more at the same time. <laughs> like he kept eating it, but also sobbing. And like it was just the most traumatic <laughs> s'more I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, that was my that night is, last night. Yeah. That's really cute. Oh my gosh. And can I just say the first time I read this book, you know, because uh, so we're reading 99% mine today. And Darcy's a sugar addict, much mm-hmm. like myself. Oh, yeah. And- she eats marshmallows. Wow. Yeah. This isn't banter. This is on point. I Look know. at us. I didn't realize it, but we're so good. Hashtag Look at us. Hashtag professionalism, professionalism in 2019. 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I remember when I read the book the first time, because I've read it twice, I was like, dude, you were in an entire candy section and you walked out with marshmallows? Like, what is your problem? You're doing it mm-hmm. wrong. And then I had some marshmallows today, and I was like, oh, 10 out of 10 would do that. <laughs> Actually, yeah, 10 out of had... 10 did do that today. So, But also, like, I think she was at, like, a bodega-style place, right? She was like, at a right? 7-Eleven, yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe a yeah. 7-Eleven. I was thinking, they like... They some sweet tarts. Well, I've been in some of those, like, corner stores where it's, like, the candy selection is, like, marshmallows or, like, something or, like, else that's weird, you know? not orange gummies. Yeah, or like something yeah. from a foreign country that I'm, I'm not sure about, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like you, you just want to gorge on something so you play it safe, you know. Sure, I, sure. I've seen that happen before, but no, she was at a 7-Eleven. They should have a yeah. standard candy selection. They absolutely do. What would you get? Sweet tarts. Sweet tarts? Oh, God. Oh, oh yeah. No. Sweet tarts all the way. Sweet tarts and the darkest chocolate I could find and probably also... Some Sour Patch Kids. I love mm-hmm. tart and sweet Ooh, at the same time. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. Love it. Mm-mm. No. What about you? What would you get? I would get peanut butter and M&M's. But I'll tell you, mm. when we were at the private HB party in downtown Chicago, oh. I don't know that it was downtown, but wherever you so know, station was, it was around there. The private HB party we had in Chicago last weekend. Yeah. Um, we all brought our favorite candies and had a candy bowl. And there a candy were some, bar? Yeah, candy bar. A bowl. A candy bar. Yeah. You know I love some, a candy bar. Yeah. High chews, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, missed those. I forgot about those. Those are outstanding. Mm-hmm. And I know at least one HB filled her pockets with those and ate them yes. on the cab ride back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is my style. That is my style. Yep. All right. I have a proposition right. for you. It's radical. Ooh, tell me everything. One hour. Do you think we can do it? The whole book? I don't know. It was just something I thought of. Do you think we could do it? 
We could, but we would skip all the good parts, I think. <laughs> In the early <laughs> days, we did one-hour podcasts. Like, what happened where we can't do it anymore? I don't know. I think yeah. we're better at it, and so we pick up on more detail. Or, do you think we're better at it, or do you well, think we're less prepared? No. <laughs> I, I no, feel like I we're worse think, at it. Me, eh, I don't think we're less prepared, because... Uh-huh. I take notes now. I didn't mm. in the beginning. That's the problem. I'm less prepared. You are absolutely <laughs> less prepared. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. But that's okay. All right. No, sorry. We'll do the standard four hours. Sorry, no, I even we thought don't. about it. It doesn't listen. It doesn't have to be four hours. <laughs> I'm yes, just saying that part one. <laughs> I don't know that part. Mine. It could be. It could be a one part situation. Okay, it could be a three part situation. We're unpredictable. We've never done that before. It we didn't be. even do that with Akamath for Akko Blarf. Yeah, we didn't. Oof. All right. Okay, okay. everybody. This is ninety nine percent mine by Sally Thorpe. Who, like, I met and we're pretty good friends. Oh, I'm so Can bad I tell you my you. reading experience of this book and then how I embarrass myself in front of Sally Thorne? Yes, please. Always. I read this book on the plane to Chicago for KissCon. Cool. There was a man talking next to me the entire time I was on this plane. The plane was in the air from midnight Alaska time until, like, 7 a.m. wherever time. I forget. Who was he talking to? The guy in the row behind us, meaning that he was turned full face toward me, shouting the entire time about his tow truck business. That's a Very upsetting. Yes. 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 So I read 99% mine by Sally Thorne because I was never going to sleep. Oh, my God. But then I got really into it. And then I couldn't sleep until they had sex. I felt like from page one till sex, I could not sleep. Right. So when I saw Sally Thorne at (laughs) KissCon, I told Uh her this. I was like, I read your book last night. I started at midnight. I was very tired. And I could not sleep until they had sex. And she was (laughs) like, oh, so you liked it? And then I said something deeply (laughs) weird. (laughs) I said, <laughs> I said, let's just say when I went to sleep, I was very satisfied. Oh, no. Which is really deeply weird. Dude, it sounds like you masturbated on that plane. It sounded like I masturbated <laughs> on that plane. And then, so it was Sarah McLean that had brought her over to our little group where we were having coffee. And you then, were, oh, you don't even know. Situation you guys, if you're ever at like a... If you're at, like, a convention, get near Jen Reed's romance, and she oh, yeah. will, like a beacon, bring all the celebrities to you. Mm-hmm. So first, Helen K. Diamond came to us, and then Salika Snyder came to us, and then oh God. Sarah McLean brought Sally Thorne to us. <laughs> so she walks up with Sally Thorne. I say this thing at Sally Thorne's <laughs> face that is, like, so awkward and creepy. And then Sarah McLean says, I'm going to take Sally to the restroom. <laughs> That is not something you need to do. Can you ever imagine me being like, I'm going to take Melody to the restroom now? No, because it's not a thing. Sarah McLean had to rescue Sally Thorne from me. And then, and then, and then, and we'll talk about it on a Patreon. Two nights later, I'm sitting in a hotel lobby at 3.30 in the morning with Alyssa Cole. Uh And we're chatting. Because we're, like, pretty much best friends. (laughs) And I tell her this story, and she's laughing and laughing and laughing. And she's like, I have a plane ride back with Sally Thorne 
I'll tell her on the plane ride that you didn't <laughs> masturbate on that plane. And I'm like, no, Alyssa, Miss Cole, that will make it so much weirder. A, she may not have taken it that way. B, she may have forgotten by now. And then she's going to be like, what now? What happened? This woman didn't masturbate on a plane. Tell me more. I don't understand. Oh, my God. And she's like, no, no, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. And she's like, how about this? And she's like, we're going to be on a plane. If it comes up, I'll clear it up with her. And I was like, yeah, okay, I guess. And um, she didn't follow up because we're not like friends IRL. But so right. maybe Alyssa Cole cleared it up. This makes me the happiest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was my whole interaction with her. You know, you done good, lady. You done good. It was one of the top five Sally Thorne embarrassing <laughs> moments from HB KissCon. It may be number one. I know oh, who has man. number two. Shout out to HB Allie. Has there number we go. Two. <laughs> She's the best. All I can say is I am deeply satisfied by that story. <laughs> so great. Are you masturbating right now? I can't see below your you shoulders. You can't see my right hand, can you? Who no, knows? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> on a plane. On a plane. <laughs> I mean, I think Ugh. that's a part of the Mile High Club. Can that be the Mile High Club? <laughs> anyway. All right. Moving on. Let's talk about the book. Darcy and uh, Tom. <laughs> okay. Darcy and Tom. 99% uh-huh. mine by Sally Thorne, who thinks uh-huh. that Aaron is a, a masturbating fiend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 99% mine with Darcy and Tom. Can I just yeah. say Darcy's the, or I mean, <laughs> Darcy's the perfect man. Tom is the perfect man. Thomas he is, man. but don't say that because he has a hard time living up to it. I'm so sorry. Oh, oh I did it. it. Don't call him the perfect man. He I had to go soul exact... searching about that. Oh my god, I did, the, did the exact wrong same thing. thing that they he never did go to out him. with you. <gasps> How dare you? Yes, he would. That worm, that contemporary worm, would totally go out with me. I would climb his six foot six furred body like like a snow mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Melody has had a lot of marshmallows, you guys. It's so clear from the flailing. All right, we're going to try to keep it tight and professional here. Um, We're a professional podcast. The book. Get your NPR voice on. Darcy works at a bar. Listen, you guys, Darcy is, is so unhappy. She's a fucking mess. Poor lady. She is deeply depressed. You can yes. and you can see it on the page, even though it's oh man, it's such witty. Nothing ever, nothing's ever like Darcy was depressed. No, it's just like Darcy works in a job she hates. Darcy's yeah. wearing a lot of clothes and makeup and like cutting her hair frequently to like fit into something. Like she's just like doesn't like yeah. herself. Clearly, oh, yeah, she's she eating doesn't... crazy amounts of sugar. She's likely an alcoholic. She's definitely an alcoholic, yeah. Um, and yeah, is just horrible to herself all In the fact, time. Um, about three percent into the book, it says she's talking about the name tags that are sort of on rotation that she wears at this dive bar that's full of bikers. Mm-hmm. And she goes, "I take down the beer glass containing my name tags. I'm sick of being Joan. I decide to be Lorraine for the rest of the shift. I'm sick of being Darcy." Mm-hmm. And it's just so. And yet she's still so, she's so witty. She's so acerbic. She's so, she just seems like a lady I would want to hang out with. Actually, she is 
She's the personality I fantasize like being when I'm depressed. Mm. You know, mm. I wish I could just like be the tough bitch who takes mm-hmm. no shit still yeah. and walks around in my steel toed boots and has a pixie haircut or, or you know, a, a short, short haircut. I, it's never mm. going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I want to be I have a neck tattoo on right now. I want to be that yeah. bitch. <laughs> no. Can I say we got temporary tattoos at the uh private HB party oh. in Chicago and one of the girls, HB Anna, got like a bitchin' tribal on her bicep. I saw that. And then we went back to the hotel party and like uh-huh. she was dancing wearing a tank top and like no one at the hotel party knew that that wasn't like an actual <laughs> bitchin' tribal she had her bicep. It looked awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. She and Eloisa James, huh? Nice. Yup. All right. for it. Okay, so. So. All right. She works at this bar. She's unhappy. She likes to travel, but she hasn't traveled in a while, partially because she inherited her grandmother's broken down house and she needs to stay. Yeah, to her grandmother just died. Mm-hmm. Her grandmother just died, you guys. Also because she can't find her passport. Yeah. So she's usually like jet set into different places, taking shitty jobs all over the world to constantly travel and have no roots and that kind of lifestyle. But she's kind of stuck here for like two or three months. Yes. Um. Then. Okay, so oh, then she also, goes to Lee. Oh, yeah. She's got a heart condition that she's like not taking yeah. care of. She's got some kind of mysterious she's a heart murmur. Heart murmur. I don't know. This is like a big murmur, though. This is like a heart shouting. Yeah. yeah. This <laughs> is like a heart choir. Heart full scale <laughs> conversation. Because, like, uh-huh. I've got a murmur and it's just kind of like just murmurs just in the background. It's just like politely murmurs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, like murmur, nobody murmur, would murmur, yell at it in the theater. No, yeah, got it, got hers it. is like every once in a while. It's like murmur, murmur, murmur. Yeah, hers is like taking the stage and going. Yeah. Actors, get off the stage! Yeah. I have the heart murmur. Yeah, yeah it's projecting. Yeah, it totally. So is. It's, it's serious. diaphragm, right? Yeah, yeah. At one point, she like tries to pick up a keg and nearly passes out, and that is written so well because she mm-hmm. she talks about how it feels like her heart is climbing um a, a skyscraper by the stairs with mm-hmm. no handrail, and oh. God, this, uh, Sally Thorne is so talented. It's so good. So when she goes to leave the bar, the bouncer at the bar hits on her. The bouncer who is married, like walks her out because he's supposed to walk all the ladies out to their cars. And then he's like, hey, Darcy, this thing between us. And she's like, what the fuck, dude? We're friends. Like cheating is the worst and cheaters are the worst and get out of my face. And then Mm -hmm. he grabs her wrist because he doesn't want her to leave. And then she twists out of it like a little python and uh, um, jumps into her car and drives away. And so then she, she stops, stops to get some marshmallows on the yeah. way and also wine. Yes. Marshmallows yes. and wine. I don't know what a better combination is. You know, you would get you the put hangover. them in the wine. Would you put no. them in there? No, I would you dunk not. them? No. I don't know. I don't know about wine. My intolerance. Oh, that's right. You have an intolerance. It looks like something that would look good to get. It looks like a marshmallow might go into wine. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know these things. I've never had it. Well, she does say that she buys super sweet wine. So mm-hmm. mayhaps, but I yeah. personally would not. Okay. okay. So she's also being accosted by this anti-sugar fascist in Seven yeah. Eleven. Like, who just doesn't want to sell We don't have time for the anti-sugar guy. We don't don't have have time time for him. I'm just mad at him. She, I mean, too. Because he's fine with cigarettes, but he's not okay with sugar. So, like, fucking figure out your life, man. Yeah. Anyway, so. So she's driving away 
and she's talking to Loretta and she's shoving marshmallows in her mouth. Loretta is her the grandmother. She's talking to a ghost of her grandmother. Yeah. Right? Continue. And she looks in and she's like, Loretta, I know you're my guardian angel. I know you wouldn't have it any other way. So I really need you to send me something that's better than sugar. I need it so bad. Yeah. And she chokes mm. up just like mm. thinking about it and saying it out loud. Mm. And then. Guess what? The only thing better than sugar is. It's Tom Valeska. Oh. The almost perfect man. The absolutely That's perfect man. That's his jingle. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I really like it. You should moonlight. So she pulls yeah. into her driveway. And oh, she first she drives past because there was a couple of guys that gave her some some problems at the bar and she's worried mm-hmm. that they like followed her home or found her. It's like a breaker gang bar, you guys. Yeah. No good. No. So um then she pulls in, she's like, Who's there? And then this little apple-headed chihuahua comes down. Peppermint headed chihuahua. Scratch, Tap, 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 tippy, tap, tippy, tap, tippy, 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 tap, tap. And then right behind him is the the sled dog wolf that is Tom Valeska. He is six foot six. He's wearing work boots. He's got this shirt. I think. What does she say? The shirt like like stretches over his body and it should be like begging for help or something I like don't, that. At one time she says that his shirt on his body looks like a Hershey wrapper stretched mm. over the different like squares of the Hershey bar. Oh. oh she, mm-hmm. I was like that is a metaphor. Mm-hmm. That, is, uh, <laughs> that is something that I can get right down with. Yeah. The way that she really I mean and it's actually fairly subtle the way that she weaves in her sugar addiction throughout is just uh-huh. so good. Yeah. Oh, it's such good writing. It's just such good writing. Yeah. So, okay. So Tom Valeska. Yeah, so then it goes back. So he's sitting there she's like, "Oh my gosh, she's her perfect." So then chapter well, 2. She, wait, wait, she greets him and she says, "Tom Valeska, world's most perfect man." Yes. And that's that's how she talks to him quite a bit. And that's how she views him. So yeah. then chapter two is a flashback to childhood and it begins, oh. Tom Velasquez had an animal inside him and I felt it every time he's looked at me. Oof. So here's the deal. You guys, he's a non-paranormal worm. <laughs> so here's the deal. Darcy yeah. has a twin brother named yeah, who's a Jamie. Face. Yeah. They <laughs> are fraternal twins. They lived together in a house that they had nice house and money growing up. Right. Across the street was a house where they called the house where the poor people live because people were always in and out of this house. It was kind of like a transient home. And one day the kid who lived in that house got locked out of the house and like yeah. the single mom was like gone and like he didn't have anywhere to be so they invited him over for dinner. And it was fate, and it was Tom Valeska, and now he's, like, a member of the Darcy-Jamie family. Mm-hmm. And Jamie has always, like, latched on to Tom, and they've been, like, best friends, and Darcy's kind of always felt like she's, like, a third wheel. But also, but like, also Tom... really excited about it. Yes. But also, Tom's kind of always been on the outside as well, because he's not a member of the family. He's not right. one of the twins. The only person not long-suffering here is Jamie, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she laments yeah. that Tom has always been, like, 99% Jamie's, and she gets, like, 1% of Tom, and yeah. she's been hopelessly in love with him since she has been a child. Yeah. And so much of her psyche has to do with the fact that her family was always really worried about her because Jamie was the twin that just came out screaming and uh, demanding attention from the world and totally healthy. Meanwhile, she's got this heart shout that mm-hmm. won't stop being yeah. a problem. 
so Tom and Jamie get to go do athletic stuff like skiing and running and biking and stuff and right. she can't go. Yeah. And um everybody's always like how are you doing? Are you okay? You know, they, she always feels like a liability basically. Mm-hmm. So he's back and oh and the reason that um that I call him a worm and all of that is because the very first night he came to dinner afterwards she went up to her room and she drew a wolf and on a on his name tag way too small for anybody to see she wrote Valeska on it because she's always seen him like he's got wolfy a, eyes you guys he's oh. like a wolfy eyed and he wolfs at her guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know yeah but like not yeah. in a scary way like in a way that she she describes him like grabbing her collar and, and bringing her back from danger all the time yeah he's perfect and he's good and being and being perched on the edge of her at the end of her bed just like to make a sure guardian yeah. A guardian worm. A guardian worm. So Tom, <laughs> Tom's a builder. Tom's a contractor. Uh-huh. And he um, shows up at her house because she and Jamie inherited this house from their grandmother. She loves this house as much as she loved her grandmother. And in her grandmother's will, it was like, you need to renovate the cottage and sell it. And you and Jamie get to basically split the profits. And so they've hired Tom. And what she finds mm-hmm. out throughout the course of this conversation is that Tom has struck out on his own. And this is his first job as a solo guy as his own company. Oh, also, you guys, he's engaged to Megan. To Megan. And he's been engaged for like eight years. He's been with her for eight years. He's been with her for like eight years. It has been for fucking ever. For so long. God. And so she keeps on being like, I have to remind myself that Megan is here. And um, she calls um, she calls the Chihuahua a little buffer because she mm-hmm. always needs a buffer. They, they've they always had a buffer their whole lives, whether it's Jamie or somebody else. She says that this is their longest conversation they've ever had just by themselves. And let me tell you, the tension is so good. I mm-hmm. ha- I, I had no idea what was tense about them. But man, the way that she weaves in history that you mm-hmm. don't know into casual conversation is just gorgeous. And like the idea of like it comes in pretty early that when she found out that he she was like a wedding. She's a photographer. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, she was a wedding photographer. Yeah. And then when she found out her mom called and was like, Tom's engaged to Megan. Finally, hey. she like totally tanked this wedding and like got drunk and like threw up in a plant and like yeah. took terrible pictures and was like, fuck this. I hate weddings right. now. I'm going to well, another country. Well, she hates country. her whole life. Yeah, yeah, she was just imploding her whole life. Oh, and he shows up to her house. This is where she talks about the t-shirt. Okay. Oh, okay. So when she was in Ireland, she got Patty a t-shirt and him a t-shirt. And they're both wearing the shirts that they mm-hmm. got, that she got them. I have to tell you, I don't like a graphic tee. I do not find a graphic tee attractive. Um, You're wrong. Not so, in my ability Boy. Level. Okay. So it says the vintage St. Patty's Day t-shirt he's wearing, probably out of politeness, is stretched wafer thin, trying to cope. If it were a person, it would be an exhausted wraith, gasping, please help me. If it's like a dream, the kind of dream you wake up from all sweaty and ashamed. Yeah. Waking up all sweaty. Okay. <laughs> all right. Oh my God. So they go in the house. 
like it they have all this kind of weird little banter like she says that the the hairdresser who cut her hair called her senora and she's like oh well that means like that you're married and she's like oh yeah who would marry me there's like all this little banter where it's kind of like mm-hmm. clearly very awkward between them and they're trying to like kind of mine each other for information about their personal lives but yeah. it's not and she makes a lot of little comments about like oh if you did that Megan would be really pissed and he's kind of mm-hmm. like eh, okay you know so they go in. She's like, don't turn on the light. You'll get a shock. It's very clear that this house is like very fucked up in a big way. Yeah, like, this house is leaks not in the okay. ceiling. The electric's all bad. Like the faucets don't work good. Like the whole thing is bad, 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 bad. Yeah. Um, oh, and he calls her DB partially because so her name is Darcy Barrett. And that's mm-hmm. one meaning. But then the other meaning is that he's always called her a teenage dirtbag because she's anytime he's in a room, she's always looking at him in just just like with fuck me eyes, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's like very overt about like she calls him hot all the time. She says she wants to jump him all the time. Mm -hmm. Like she does the thing where she hides her true intentions in being very direct about her true intentions, but masking it as a joke. Right. So she's constantly being like, oh, Tom, I've been in love with you my entire life. Like, right. you're a big, hot, great, perfect man who I want to jump all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's he, he clearly makes him very uncomfortable. Yeah, but not in like a I don't like you way. In like no. a what, what the hell does that mean kind in of like way. In like a this hurts me and is confusing sort of way. Right, right. Well, and um, and then this is also where she starts the if you were mine refrain. Mm-hmm. Because she's asking him about Megan and he's like, oh, Megan doesn't really care. We're not like that. And mm-hmm. she's on the one hand being like, of course, Megan's not like that. You know, if, if mm-hmm. he were mine, I would I would have him chained up to a radiator and I'd punch anybody who looked at him. Right. But, and she'll say know, these things to him sometimes, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's like, and Megan's just perfect and she has no pores. And so, of course, she has just so much <laughs> self-confidence that she doesn't care that he's just out places with ladies. Right. <sighs> right. So he, she gets like drunk. She drinks like four glasses of wine in rapid succession. Oh and my then god! And he she goes and takes a like, shower. She does it like behind his back. She's like, he turns his back, so I chug my my yeah. glass and then refill it. Perfect crime. <laughs> right, 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 right. And then he takes a shower, and she's like deeply weird outside the shower. I love I, this. I hated so it. Much. <laughs> I was I about to say it. it's the only part of the book that I didn't. I wasn't absolutely in love with. God, I loved it. Okay, you explain it then, because I had to read it four times, and I'm like, no, she's just weird, I guess. And then I went on. That's part of why I like it. She's just a a drunk mess, and she cannot handle herself. And she, even when she's outside the door, she's like, I'm sorry, I'm weird with you. And he's like, it's okay. Yep. And she's like, I'm sorry, I've been weird about you my whole life. My whole life. It's cool. (laughs) I'm just getting naked over here. And meanwhile, she's on the other side of the door going, I wonder if I could pull this door off of its hinges. If Uh I could just like blink and make the hinges explode so that I could (laughs) see him naked. Uh (laughs) Like, it's so funny. And she like lays down outside the door, which is very drunken and insane. Yeah. So, well, actually one of, (laughs) yeah, part of her inner monologue is um, get it together, Darcy. It's not his fault he was born with your favorite kind of bones. He's uh-huh. a sweet, shy, solid gold human. Someone's fiance. And you're uh-huh. a teenage dirtbag. Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she gives him her bed. 
and yeah. sleeps on the couch, doesn't brush her teeth before going to bed. She just, you guys, she's just a mess. She cannot live. She's in a place, you guys. Yeah. And so she goes to bed. They get up the next morning. But before that, she gives us a little narrative of oh, what happened when they were 18. So here's the thing, guys. One day, she was going out as a teenager, putting on her fishnets and her boots to go be reckless with, you know, probably drugs and alcohol and sex, because that's yeah. what 18-year-olds who wear fishnets do. Sure. And <laughs> that's what I've heard. <laughs> that's, the youths. That's what I assume. <laughs> He's like, hey, Darcy, don't go out tonight. And she's like, why not? And he's like, because I love you. And she's just like... Yeah, I know. And then she, she leaves. solos him. No, that's not true. She doesn't leave. Yeah, she does. So she Han solos him, and then he looks deeply embarrassed and hurt and humiliated. And so she, he, like, just turns tail and goes. She follows him out the door, going, "Wait, Tom. Wait, Tom. Wait, wait, wait." And he won't stop. He gets into his car and drives away without looking at her. And then she blows off the party and goes over to Loretta's and then tells oh, her yeah, about you're it. Right. And she's like, Loretta, this thing happened and I don't know. I just messed it up. Yeah, I've always known in my bones that he loves me. And that's the way I meant it. I didn't mean like, I know you love me and it's stupid or like, I know uh -huh. you love me or and I don't, don't care. Love you back. Yeah. And I, or I don't love you back. Exactly. And Loretta, smart, smart lady that she is, she thinks to herself, Loretta thinks, oh, my girl's got some learning and growing to do. Mm -hmm. And so she smokes some weed with her granddaughter, which is goals. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then she tells her about this marriage that she had before she met um her grandfather mm -hmm. and she's like this guy was wonderful and he was perfect for me but I was too young and so mm -hmm. I'm buying you a plane ticket to Italy and you mm -hmm. need to go and explore your life and be amazing. And then she and traveled so and then Tom met Megan. Megan. She, he got with Megan before she could fix it and Megan's like a and ten, Megan is like, what? and she's, she's like basic. But you know like, what? listen, <laughs> Megan is just a treat. Megan yeah. is lovely. There is yeah, nothing she wrong is with lovely. Megan, but she's not for Tom. She's not for she's Tom. She's kind guys. of a nothing. She doesn't have a personality. She's kind and wonderful, but she's not. She's not a Darcy. She's not a Spitfire like Darcy. And she doesn't smell right, you guys. No, that's true. That's true. We'll figure that out later. Yeah. So then also Darcy <laughs> tells us sometime in this chapter that her and Jamie, her twin brother, are in a big fight because at oh. some point somebody came over and offered, made an offer on the house for like a lot of money a offered to buy Loretta's house as yeah. is. And Darcy got mad, tore up the offer and chased him down the street yelling she because should. she didn't want to sell Loretta's house. And so... Jamie got very mad because that could have earned them and saved them a lot of money. Well, because Jamie only thinks in dollar signs and about himself. Right. He like he would have blown off his grandmother's final wishes in a blink. Right. You know, but when she talks about this Tom situation, when yeah. he left and she chased him and she couldn't track him down, she says, oh. that was the very first time I tore up a once in a lifetime offer. Oh, oh. yeah. So then she wakes up and Tom Valesco, world's most perfect man, has got her an overly sugared coffee and a platter of waffles. Mm -hmm. And he just puts it under her nose. And yes. he's like, you should feed yourself. And I thought to myself, maybe you should feed her for her. But it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. They're not there yet. Later on, <laughs> she can slather him in syrup and go to town. It's not time yet. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, you know. You syrup? know. 
You know she's gonna do that. Oof. Absolutely, she's gonna That's she's gonna dribble thing. it all over his nipples. No, it's sticky. It's like honey. Exactly, and then she's gonna lick it off. No, she's probably gonna guys, do the same thing to his. Do scrotum. not try this at home. You don't know. Do not. No, no. Maybe no. she'll do it in the shower. You can't. You cannot throw stones, Erin. No. no, no, no. Unless you, you are a it. Canadian HB, two of which I met <laughs> over the weekend. It is not safe to use maple syrup during sex. It's totally safe. Unless you have Keep it out of your mucous membranes. Expertise of a Canadian. Do not try that at home. It's too <laughs> sticky. It's like when Sarah... Listen. Oh, that's why. Because you didn't read that book with me and Sarah. I was like, I thought we were in agreement that honey <laughs> and sticky things were not good. But that was Sarah. It was Sarah that was with me. Listen, I never said... I said that she would use it. I never said... That she would like put it on her bed sheets or whatever. Here's I my. I need it to be on the bed sheets. It's just Listen. like I'm like that kid with the s'more last night. It would be like <laughs> I would be enjoying the s'more, but I would also be like it's too sticky. <laughs> Are you going to sob through your orgasm? Maybe. <laughs> skirsh, skirsh, skirsh. I don't know. I've never allowed it to get that far. It's just a hard limit for me. Nothing sticky. It wouldn't Listen, feel good. I'm thinking. Like, listen, well, I'm getting thinking, all the little hairs on your body. You, you know, the little micro hairs. No, isn't it clear? <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry. Go. I'm thinking a little bit of syrup on the nipples, <laughs> slather, slather, <gasps> lick, lick, and then you no. pop into the shower to finish it up. Oh a little God. doggy against the wall. No, nobody's sticky anymore. No, I just shower. dry heaved over here. It's no <laughs> good. <laughs> I'm just Mm-mm. a problem solver, Erin. She has a sweet tooth. There are things she can do. I mean, I don't think that Darcy and Tom wouldn't do it. It's just not for me. It's not for me. It's not for me. I hear you. It's not. I don't know if it's for me either, but it's definitely for Darcy and Tom. And that's where my brain is. (laughs) All right. Okay. Where were we? Moving on. Waffles. Waffles. Yeah. So he feeds her like the perfect man. Oh, and then they talk to Jamie on the phone and they Mm. find out that. They can't agree on anything. Mm-hmm. He wants to do it modern. She wants to do it vintage. Tom is like, I just want to get paid for this. Like, yes. this is my first job. I need it to go well. So I need you two to stop being crazy faces. And then this is where everybody's always ribbing Darcy about the fact that she's going to leave, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. And that has been her MO for the past eight years. So Jamie's like, you know, you shouldn't have a say in this because I know that you're going to be on the next flight out of here now that the renovation started. And she says, well, I can't find my passport, one. And two, I think that I should stick around for this because mm-hmm. it was Loretta's final wish. Also, Tom right. Valeska is the perfect man. And also, I can't first... find my passport. My passport is gone. I can't find it. So I couldn't yeah, I leave that. if I wanted to. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then... Tom Valeska, nearly perfect man, says something yeah. very unperfect. Uh, and he says, you can't stay around here because you're a liability. And that pisses Darcy off because she's worried that he sees her that way. Yeah, and it, it pokes her right in her biggest insecurity. Her heart condition. Yeah, that's what her family has always made her feel like. And so she's been saying, I'll stay here. I'm going to be part of the crew. I'm going to do all of that. And he's like, he finally snaps and he's like, no, Darcy, you're a liability. And, oh, man, have you I, – I felt this reaction in my bones. Mm-hmm. Like the, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, and then just shut down when somebody mm-hmm. says something eviscerating. 
Mm-hmm. It's obvious he doesn't mean to. He immediately backpedals. He's immediately mm-hmm. apologizing. And she's just like, oh, God, no, you are Well, and he totally means right. it in a different way that she doesn't understand yet. Yes. He means it's going to be distracting. We don't have a buffer between us. You're all yeah. around. And I've been in love with you my whole life. And right. I don't need this. And she sees it, you know, differently. She sees it through her insecurity goggles. Yes. Yeah. So they pretty much make up relatively quickly. And she then she starts talking about, like, a lot of this is through, like, inner monologue. It's just, mm-hmm. I feel like we're not doing it justice because it's just so well written and the banter is so good and her thoughts are so yeah good. Like, how things are slowly revealed is so yes. good. Yeah. But we get the story behind Loretta's engagement ring, which she left to Jamie. Yeah. Which is a black sapphire. Oh my gosh, wait. Also, Loretta was a fortune teller, guys. She oh, could yeah. see the she future. She was like a kooky, crazy, like, she read. just like an eccentric lady. She was a fortune teller. She was all these she different She read tarot things. cards. Yeah. Um, and she truly believed it. She wasn't yes. like a scammer. She really and believed it. You guys, I'm not implying that tarot cards are kooky or crazy. I just mean generally this woman was like all over the map kooky oh, crazy. Yeah. Tarot yeah, yeah, yeah. cards were one quality of her, but she's like nutso she smoked weed with her granddaughter yes yeah yeah um yeah so we get the story of the the black sapphire she leaves it to jamie and this absolutely baffled darcy because she's like loretta would let me wear it for a couple of weeks and be like oh it suits you so well Mm -hmm. and all of this all of this and she's like i don't understand why she didn't just leave it to me it's obviously my ring and as they left the estate planner's um office um, she immediately asked Jamie if she could have buy it, it slash buy it slash yeah. trade it slash anything for it. And he was immediately like, no, she left it to me. And he doesn't give a shit. He just wants to get under Darcy's skin. Because can I just say, he is the biggest fuckhole. But he sucks. I, but I cannot wait for his book because I know that Sally is going to turn me around on him. I know it. Is he getting a book? It feels like it. No. It does feel like it, but like her first one was a standalone and this is a standalone. So I don't is know. Is it a standalone? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Man, I really want her to turn me around on Jamie. I mean, she didn't give us a book for that lady in HR from The Hating Game. She did not deserve a book. She <laughs> no, and her I'm poncho. just trying to think of any other characters in the hating game. <laughs> exactly. We didn't have any other yeah. characters like this. Whereas we get to know both Jamie and Truly. But yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So what were you going to say about the Sapphire? Well, just that she wanted it and Jamie wouldn't give it to her. And that's a, it's yeah. at this part in the book that that is revealed. And she kind of talks about that situation. This is also so, where Tom is asking her why she's not taking real pictures anymore. Mm-hmm. And because she comes out into the backyard after taking a shower and like trying to wash him out of her hair because he said that awful thing. Yes. And he's like, can I just, is this where I get to apologize to you? And he's taking pictures of the back steps because he wants to be able to fix them. And she's like, oh my God, how have I never seen how amazing and beautifully broken those steps are? Mm-hmm. I should have been taking photos of this because right now she's just doing like product photography and it is not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And she used to be a portrait photographer. She's an award-winning portrait photographer, but the portrait she won with was of Jamie's smug face, mm-hmm. and so not even that could be just hers. Because mm-hmm. apparently, when they went to the the award time, the award ceremony, Jamie kept on like posing with his portrait and talking to everybody, and really overshadowing her once again. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, now that she's given up weddings, she's not doing that anymore. And they kind of go through the house. I think, like, and I don't know, some house stuff happens. That There's, like, a gutter that gets cleaned out, and her heart goes nutso. And so, because her heart goes nutso, we get, like, a kind of hug situation. Yeah, we do. Um, And he starts, like, trying to touch her and make sure she's okay. He calls her heart her little spool of thread. It's like an inside yeah. joke that they had when they were a kid that's never even really explained, and I don't need it to be. I don't give a shit. So it's gorgeous. Ahem. May I read? Yes, please. He says, what's happening? She says, nothing on a slow exhale. My heart is climbing out of my body, fr- fluttering and struggling in the base of my neck. Tom's hands are on my body. Your little spool of thread, he says with deep empathy. Ah, oh, it's rattling around in there, isn't it? Stop it. Don't fuss. I tug away from him, but he steps with me. I will stop if I can just take my mind off of it. Your hands are making it worse. He drops them like he's been scalded. Ahem. He smells like he always has a blown out birthday candle, sharp and smoky. It's that smell in your nostrils when closing your eyes and making an impossible wish and your mouth is watering for something sweet. Breathe, he says, encouraging me just like Jamie would, because Jamie usually talks her down from these kinds of things. When I give myself one glance up at his beautiful face, the stark look in his eyes reminds me of why I stayed behind at the airport as a child. I am stress, fear, uncertainty, and I am a liability. Oh, blown out birthday candles. Blown out birthday candles. He and smells she smells like a fucking witch. She smells yeah. like a witch. Oh. Sally. Sally. Girl. And Sally, thank you for not dropping that because she brings it throughout in uh-huh. this beautiful way. She brings the same metaphor forward and it is incredible. Mm-hmm. Also, the night before, we forgot to say this, she goes to st- sleep drunkenly thinking to herself that, um, She's going to make him 2% hers. Her goal in the next three months is just uh-huh. to have a tiny piece more of Tom Valeska. So he wants to, she wants 2%. Okay. So then she has a best friend named Truly who is, um, she makes these underwear that I want to exist in real life. And uh, she's getting ready to go out. And she's like, all right, Tom, I'm going to go. I'm going out to see Truly or something like that. Or no, maybe she's just going out, out to get away from him because um, she can't be in the same house with him anymore and like not jump him. So she's like, Tom, I'm going to order you some pizza and then uh-huh. I'm getting out of here. And so she just grabs his phone, orders him a pizza that she knows he likes. And she's like, she save me some pizza. She takes care of him. She always takes care of him. And she does it without asking. And it's so mm-hmm. beautiful. So she's on the porch about mm-hmm. to head down to her car. The same and then porch, this- you guys. The same porch. It's the same porch from when they were 18, right? That's the one. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Something like that. Is it not? I don't know. I thought it was the same porch. God damn it. Just give me this. I think so. (laughs) I want it to be the same porch. I hear you. You're right. I thought then she went to Loretta's house afterwards. Yeah, she went to Loretta's house. Yeah. Here's here's what it is, you guys. It's the same porch. All right. Yeah, that's right. What? How meaningful. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) She goes down to her car. And this um this muscly rumbly car comes uh-huh. up the driveway, and then Oof. this guy that she's been boning just on the side, and and always sort of bones when she comes Vince. back to town because he's easy. His name is Vince, and he's yeah. she realizes in this conversation 
that he's her her male doppelganger and she's like ah why have i been fucking myself for years this is awful. <laughs> but she can only see that when she sees him through tom's eyes yes and also like tom has like a clear disdain for vince and like mm-hmm. everything he is about and then she kind of feels the same yeah like oh gosh this is how tom must see me as well you know like this childish immature like dirty scumbag yeah idiot sure sure sure. yeah or at least the world the world sees her that way yeah so yeah the glass sort of shatters at that point and she can never look at vince the same way again Mm -hmm. not that she she had already been saying like we're not dating i wouldn't call it dating we're not doing that so vince comes out and he's like your phone i couldn't get a hold of you and i wanted to see you or whatever and she's like well fuck off because i'm going over to somebody's house like we're not Mm -hmm. doing this and then Tom comes out on the porch holding his chihuahua. <laughs> oh, God. I just, I just love it's that so juxtaposition. Romantic. It's so romantic. <laughs> <Has> <sighs> if, if, like, you could always, like, carry a small, weird dog, like, you got me. Like, small, weird dogs are just my place. <laughs> Especially because he has no shame about it. He's just uh-huh. like, no, this is my dog, you know? Mm-hmm. Why should uh. there be shame? Should I be ashamed of Rooster, a small, weird, toothless dog? No. No. <laughs> no. What but do you mean on, by that? Listen. Understand. Later on. <laughs> you better fucking backpedal quick. <laughs> no, I'm not going to backpedal. I'm going to explain. Uh-huh. The guys on his crew later are like, what the fuck is this big, giant, six foot six guy doing with a three pound dog huh? who's Who probably like owns several companies, just like Rooster? She's got real sure. estate in Wisconsin. <laughs> She owns Bitcoin. She's got her own radio show yep. full of fake news, fake news with Rooster. She used to have that deal. She used to have that recording contract with <laughs> DJ Khaled. And I heard there's one with Kanye coming up because they really see eye to eye. She said that, but we're starting to oh. believe that it's not like a real Rooster. thing. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. He's your She people. also did a lot of work as a dog medium. I haven't talked she about did. that on the podcast. She's a medium dog who is also a dog medium. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> She went, you guys, she went to daycare, puppy playgroup, and she said that she was a medium dog, um, Uh and they thought that she was a dog medium. So the other dogs at puppy playgroup started asking her questions about their relatives that had passed, and Rooster just, like, went with it and was like... She could not. I see fur. I see a tail. And they were like, oh, my God. I see kibble in the sky. Yeah. And they were like, oh, my God, that snuffles my mom, you know. And, like, Rooster made a killing on that dog Mm -hmm. medium bullshit. And, oof, it was not real. I can't believe she doesn't pay rent to you. Like, what a B word, you know? No. In fact, she demands money all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. You said B word when you just throw (laughs) cunt around like it's nobody's business on this show. I don't throw cunt around in a bad way. No, it's just funny how you're like, bitch. <laughs> Whisper. <laughs> She's a B-word. <laughs> okay. Anyways. So All right. Later okay. on, they're sorry, like, sorry, 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 sorry. this guy should have like a Newfoundland. You know, uh-huh. this guy should have a, because he's six foot six, giant, you know, muscle bound, crazy. He's the typical romance hero. Just carried around this little tiny two pound dog with <laughs> apple head uh-huh. and a snaggle tooth. And it's just so cute. All right. <laughs> so, Sorry, I did the rooster she face. Made a face. Um, <laughs> so Vince is like, hey, how you doing, Tom Valeska, guy who's staying here with the lady I'm boning? And Tom's Vince like, great. Give a shit. No, I mean, he kind of does, little, but he kind of doesn't. He's just taking a reading. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I heard that you're marrying that girl, that hot brunette. He actually says hot brunette because he's mm-hmm. just such a dirtbag. Mm-hmm. And 
Tom's like, nah, we broke up. Yeah. And Darcy thinks to herself, like, that's weird. Why would he lie? Because she's yeah, mentioned Megan like 15 times since he arrived. At and least. he's not said anything about a breakup. So she's like, why would he lie to Vince about that? It makes mm-hmm. no sense. Yeah. Can I also say the oh. passage during this conversation where she says, sex with Vince is like going to the gym. Uh-huh. I feel slightly better after having done it as the sweat cools on my body, but I make a lot of excuses to myself as to why I shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I once told a man to his face, and I <gasps> hope he's not listening, that sex with him was like going to the movies when you don't really want to. Like, <gasps> after you leave, it's like, oh, that was fine, I, I guess. I saw that movie. But, like, you you gotta kind of get dragged <laughs> into it. That was during a breakup conversation with a man. That I know. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta just shoot straight, you know? Straight you from do. the hip. Well, he asked. So. He did, didn't he? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Don't ask if you don't want the answers. <laughs> exactly. Yep. All right. So, so yeah, she's like, that's so weird that he would lie. I don't understand. And so, um, Vince is like trying to get her to come over later, and it's a whole mm-hmm. thing. The pizza arrives, and Tom's like, ugh, I'm gonna go get this pizza and like go inside. And she says that the way he closes the door, she thinks he's gonna slam it, but he closes it all quiet, and it makes her really sad. Mm-hmm. So she quite literally tells Vince to fuck off. And goes into the house. He says to her, Vince says, careful, oh, yeah. you don't, carefully doesn't fall in love with you again because, like, a guy like that, you're going to leave and break his heart, and that's not fair. Yeah, you're going to ruin like, the guy. I like actually that. have it in my, oh, like, yeah. not Aaron verbiage in, like, Sally Thorne, <laughs> beautiful, pristine verbiage. Yeah, that should be the one. Ahem. He says that Tom got pushy with him one time in high school. And he's like, hey, Darcy, you know, we've known each other a long time since high school. And she's like, no, you've got it wrong. Jamie was the pushy one. And he's like, nope, definitely Tom. Watch out he doesn't fall back in love with you. Vince says in a voice that sounds like he's joking, words that sound serious. You'll wreck a guy like that when you leave. See ya. And then, like, goes. It's like, oh, devastating. Yeah. So she goes into the house and... Mm. Oh, he is, he's hunched over the sink. He's got like his hands on the counter and he just mm-hmm. looks a tiny bit broken. Mm-hmm. And she's, she says that she's sorry. And he jumps so high in surprise. I mean, I guess a six foot six guy doesn't actually have to jump very high at a standard kitchen, mm-hmm. but he jumps and hits his head because mm-hmm. he doesn't expect her to be there. And so she goes up to him trying to like check on him and she's saying, sorry, you hurt yourself. He's turned around. And so she's like up in between his legs because she's trying to check on his head. And then she pulls her hand down to his shoulder. And then she goes to step away because she's like, oh, my God, this feels so good. He puts his hand on her waist. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my God, Tom Valeska's hands on my waist. I need mm-hmm. to get away from him because he's engaged and he lied to Vince. And so she goes to step back and he he pulls her back closer to him again. Uh-huh. So they're flush against each other. Her hand is, I think, on his neck or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Well, she says that he shut the door in a way that made her want to come back into the house. Yeah. Let's see. It says, I inhale his birthday candle pheromones. I want to know what his goddamn bones smell like. Let me start down in his DNA structure and work my way back out. I speak into his muscles. You shut the door like you just accepted that I don't come back. I'm going to start being like you. Completely 100% honest. This is the best hug of my life. (laughs) It's that's so her first cute. honest statement <laughs> yeah i have i have that highlighted too yeah and he's he says it's pretty good 
And then he's like, I don't think I can handle complete honesty from Darcy Barrett. Mm-hmm. She talks about how her, how she's always like her skin's always hungry for touch and how his yeah. touch is like driving her crazy. Well, because he puts his hand on the nape of her neck and like the warmth of skin on skin. She says she purrs like a cougar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she makes this weird noise. And so he is he's a little startled and he pulls his hand back and she's like, I'm so sorry. She goes, I have hungry skin. All I ever want is someone touching me. Mm-hmm. Do I have a phantom bruise on my st- against my stomach? Did his body give mine the low down hard press? Surely not. Look what I'm doing. Ruining a beautiful moment. Um, and then she's like, I better go. So he mm-hmm. tries to get her to explain. And he's like, is that why you need Vince? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says oh. he hate, he like he doesn't like Vince. Yeah. She asked why he would lie to Vince. He says he didn't lie. And then him and Megan broke up. But, yeah. So then he says they broke up four months ago and he told her family but didn't tell her and said that he would tell her in person. Right. And she's very like, oh, I'm sure it's just a break. You'll get her back. And like, you probably want her back. I'll help you get her back. What can we do? And like, I'll photograph your wedding. It'll be great. Yeah. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. It's just a little hiccup. It'll be okay. Yeah. Then they end up in like a very weird situation where they start... Okay, so here's what happens, you guys. I love this. Okay, so he's like, no, this is real. I don't want her back. And she's like, are you heartbroken? Like, do I need to go fuck her up? And he's like, no, everybody always asks if, everybody always asks me if Megan is okay. And she's like, of course they do. She lost you. But like, Mm -hmm. if she hurt you, I am not going to be okay. And he's like, no, it's okay. I'm a little sore, but I'm not broken. And then, and then. She goes, I notice one of the cabinets above me is ajar. For something to do, I put my hand up close to it. When my fingers hook in the tiny handle, the web-thin hinge breaks. Now I'm standing here with a broken door in my hand. I lean it against my leg and try to look cool, but I'm practically auditioning for SmackDown. <laughs> and then it says in her inner monologue, I'm going to beat Megan with this door until she realizes what a fuck-up she's made. He knows mm-hmm. exactly what I'm thinking. And then he goes, you're always so vicious, DB. Uh-huh. And and it goes, my viciousness thrills him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she starts breaking these cabinet doors. Yeah, she, she just pulls- starts ripping them down. It says, I pull off one of the lower cabinet doors and try to break it in half over my knee. I can't do anything else with this energy. <laughs> He's single for the first time in eight years. And I need carpet burn on my knees and a wall against my back and to lick the shower spray off of him and feed him cold pizza in the middle of the night. So he keeps up his strength. <laughs> Megan is a red stain behind my carbine. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry, car- combine harvester. And that's the extent of my pity for her. He yep. tries to ease me with a hand on my shoulder. Why are you doing this? If I don't do this, I'll do something else. (laughs) Something so deeply... This isn't her talking. This is in her mind. Something so deeply irreversible, we won't be able to make eye contact when we pass each other in the nursing home hall. (laughs) Fuck it. That's complete honesty. That's the complete honesty I pledge. Here it comes. Up my throat and out loud, one big terrifying blurt. Are you going to put your hands on me or what? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> and then she just proceeds to like accost him oh yeah 
No, she's like, because I swear, all uh, the only thing I've ever needed is your hands on me. And so she she goes, it, she wipes her hand against her mouth, and she's like, "Fuck it, he's a big boy, he can handle pizza breath." Everything is boiling up out of me. Years of stolen looks and tight t-shirts, and that bone deep certainty that the animal in him wants me to. Mm-hmm. And so she goes, "Take your shirt off, shoes off. I'll do the rest." Lust has broken my voice box. I'm raspy. I point at the bedroom door. Bed. Get in it. <laughs> I'm looking at the solid square of his belt buckle. Are you out of her mind? He's. Uh, oh, are you out of your mind? He's stunned. <laughs> and then I reach for him He's, like a creepy sex zombie. There's no uh, way to stop reading it. It's so good. It's so good. He asks if she's joking. She's like, do I look like I'm joking? <laughs> right. And he's like, you've lost it. Quit messing with me. Because he thinks then, she's doing the thing where she's like jokingly direct right. with him. And he's like, stop it. This isn't funny. And then she goes, she looks at him and she goes, Tom Valeska, get in me. Which is <laughs> <laughs> the best thing I think it's I've ever so read. good. Oh, so she sees that he's got an erection. She starts getting really confused because she's just like, wait a second. Why didn't you tell me that you were single? Like Mm -hmm. this sort of devolves because he's like, you're you're obviously you've had a shock. Like it's going to be okay. You just need to you just need to get your head. Yeah. But he says he was going to tell her after the renovation. And she's like, why? And he's like, because of this. And just motions to how, like, she's a crazy sex zombie right now. And then he says that he thought it would be safer. Yes. Because she, he knew that if he told her that he broke up with Megan, that she would try to jump him and make an embarrassing gesture toward him spectacle of herself yes. and now, that's, that is her interpretation right yes. and it's totally valid that's exactly how but i would that, take it that's too. what's so like that's what's so great is every misinterpretation in this book is completely earned yes 100 percent. like he's like i i knew i knew this would happen like i didn't want you know and she's just like oh my god what an ass i've made of myself like i'm never gonna come back from yeah, this i'm so humiliated yeah yeah so she's like oh god abort mission i'm gonna go away now and this is where we meet truly she goes and truly okay real quick truly has this this underwear thing that i really want to be real it's these suck em up underwear that are like high-waisted 50s style briefs. And then they have insults written on the butt. Mm-hmm. And they're just amazing. So she's going over to help her sew. And she tries to tell, um, she tells Truly like all about what she did. And it's really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And Truly is exhausted because she's been sewing for like 48 hours she straight. She filled all something. these online orders that she cannot. She's she's yeah. writing checks that her body can't cash here. Right. And so she puts her to bed. And as she does, Truly says something like, oh, better not tell Jamie this. And she's like, yeah, of course, I'm never going to tell Jamie this. Like, go to bed. And when yeah. you wake up, your sewing will be done. Like, cool. She also makes note that Truly is the only person in her life that is 100% hers. Yeah. She's always had to ever. share Jamie. She's always had to share Tom. She's always had to share her her parents. But Truly is her one good friend that is yeah. all hers. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, oof. Oh, God, I just saw the line, I tore up the kitchen and I tore up my oldest friendship. Oof. Oh. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah, so she goes back, and I think it flashes forward, like, to, oh, no, this is where they start unpacking the house. Mm -hmm. I mean, packing up the house. Mm -hmm. And when they do, we learn that all three of them, Jamie, Darcy, and Tom, got their 
of the bulk of their sex education from Loretta's old romance, romance novels. novels. Yeah. And it is delicious. She also earlier, I'm sorry, you guys, she describes his hair as a romance novel that's been dropped into the bath mm-hmm. with like the texture and like the the crinkle of sex on it. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so good. It's so sorry. good. They, they mentioned throughout, they mentioned before this about her romance novels. I yeah. don't know. It, the timeline in this is so hard because it's just really a cluster of conversations, you know? And inner monologue. Right. Yeah. So it's really good, though, because they both read the same sex scene in there. And both of them say that they think the romance novels have filled them full of unreasonable expectations. Uh-huh. <sighs> so it's day one of work on the house. And she's yes. up at like 5 a.m. She's ready to go. She's, she's like, I'm it. a member of the crew. I'm good to go. Tom has slept in somehow because his uh-huh. phone has died. So he is a jumble of nerves because this is his first day on his job. The crew He's fucking it up already. Yeah, the, he wants the crew to trust him and they, they don't because he slept in and like he's missed all these phone calls and the whole thing. So she's trying to help him. But every time she like talks to the crew and tries to sort of defend him, he's like, no, you're doing the exact thing I don't want you to do. Mm-hmm. I need to be seen as the boss and I need to be seen like you cannot cover for me because this is my thing. It's interesting because she's undermining him to the crew when she's like, she's trying to think of solutions for him when the crew is questioning stuff. Yeah. And he's like, stop that. You know, like now it looks like you're talking over me and stuff. Yeah. It doesn't look like you're the client. It looks like you're ordering me around. But also he's undermining her because she's drinking a cup of coffee and he just like grabs the coffee out of her hand Mm -hmm. and takes a sip of it and hands it back. And she's like, don't do that. People are going to think you're fucking me. You guys, that's he's the in a circle around her. It is so it's hot. It's so sexy. It's he's so, so sexy. It's, it's so, so good. Sexy. I love it so much. But Darcy didn't Ugh. like it because she's like, I want to be a member of this crew. I want these guys to think that I'm like legit. She likes it, but she doesn't. Didn't she tells she like them she it. doesn't. She says she doesn't. <laughs> so they're in these all these little spats. There's like several of them. And she's just like yeah. constantly doing the wrong thing. She's constantly right. thinking she's doing the right thing and instead doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Where she's trying to help him. And this is sort of a a stupid thing on both of their parts because they should just realize that they should be a team. The moment they work as a team, everything works out, you guys. Yes. So toward the end of the week, you know, she's she's actually getting in the a groove of things and oh man, I'm sorry, going back the first morning, he's like, All you guys go unpack. Darcy's gonna take some photos of the house for me. Uh-huh. And she's like, What are you talking about? Why would I do that? And he goes, well, I need a website and I need before and after pictures. Also, this is the only way we're going to keep Jamie across the country Mm -hmm. is if we update him regularly. So you take photos. 20 minutes turns into an hour and she like feels creative again. And he looks so pleased because she's doing what she loves and she's taking some really good shots. And she's like, I don't even think he has a website. I think he's just trying to like get me inspired again. Mm hmm. But it works. And it works. And this isn't this isn't where he like comes up behind her and smells her, is it? Uh-huh. It is, right? Uh-huh. Oh. He he okay. Ahem. 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 She says, I don't know where this is. It, listen, guys, it's just it's just a flumerfluck of like all it the is. things. It's not there's no plot. I don't mean it like there's no, there's sufficient plot, it's very good. The plot's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't it's not like 
it's not like There's the no Western words. Like, and now the horse dies. Yeah. Like, that's not how it is. Okay. Right. Um, she says, how many times in my life have you rescued me? I can't even count. I will always do the same for you. I will not stand there and say nothing when I could step in and help. It's what we do for each other. It's when she he's talking about undermining him. Yeah. He blinks, trying to understand. No one does that for me. I do it. He says, how can I explain this in a way you'll understand? Tom steps against my back and reaches around me. His fingers slide mm-hmm. between mine and he raises my hands up until the camera is roughly in line with my eyes. Can you do your job like this? When I line up the viewfinder in the hall, he moves our hands. I snap a shot that is, of course, garbage. I try to shrug him off, but he steps closer, dropping his mouth to the side of my neck. That mouth that sipped from my mug, telling every male in the room that I'm off limits and untouchable. He's still too far in the dark forest we play in. He breathes me in. I feel the briefest scrape of his stubble on the curve of my shoulder and the most intriguing hard press on my butt. Oh, yeah, you do. That's his penis, you guys. You guys, it's his penis. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like an animal about to be bitten soft and slow by its mate. By its mate! Worms! Worms! Maybe he'd do it hard (laughs) enough to leave a mark. When he finally releases the breath that he's been holding, his heavenly warm air goes down the neck of my top. He oh, says, God, there's, right so many things I, there's so many things oh. I'd do if I could. Well, it seems pointless to tell me about them. I bump it off. <laughs> <laughs> so his point is... I am overheated. Yeah, uh, me too. I'm like <laughs> on this plane. I have chills. Pr- like ready to ready to masturbate, basically. I'm talking about <laughs> my lady kidding, best I'm friend. Kidding, you guys, I did not masturbate <laughs> on a plane. <laughs> God damn listen. it, Sally. Stop spreading that rumor. Sally Horn. Stop telling all the authors that this happened. Also Sarah McLean. Also Helen K. Diamond. Also Jen Rings Romance. They were all there when I said this embarrassing thing. All right. You know what? Alyssa Cole it has your back. Yeah, yes. I don't know. It's all right. We were drinking a lot, so I don't know if she even remember that conversation. So anyway, so he's trying to say to her, you can't do your job of photography if I'm all up right. on you. I can't do my job of contracting mm. if you're all up on me. But it's but a we real could try. It's my sexy way of saying it. <laughs> you guys, I just think they should try. Uh-huh. Okay, you guys, this werve and this hot mess. <laughs> guys, it's a hot mess and a werve. <laughs> Like, I, I think this is a good time to maybe break because this is going to be a two-parter. Blowing down her neck and biting her like he's his mate. <laughs> I think we're going to have to break because Melody will not stop go. talking about the scene all night. I need to go be satisfied. No, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. No, I didn't no, do we're that not either. Sally, you guys, stop 100% saying that. we're not weird. Not even 99%. Right? No. No. you guys but we can't we can't get to the sex because here's the thing the set here's the thing about this book is the sex happens like two-thirds in so i read up till the sex on the plane and then i was on the plane back like "Ooh, i've got a whole plane ride back from KissCon to read the end of this what it's over oh god i know (laughs) i was so pissed so we can't go till the sex we'll have nothing to talk about for part two it's true oh i just i'm i'm honestly flustered i'm sorry everyone (laughs) I'm sorry. I heard a lot of people say that this book was less good than The Hating Game. They're wrong. And it's not the case. And I actually have some friends who were like, oh, I didn't read it because I heard that it was like dark. And it's not dark. It's like really bright. You know what it is? I think everybody was expecting another quirky 
fun heroine. And while Darcy is quirky, and I would argue she's fun, Mm -hmm. she's also written from a place of fairly deep depression. And it's beautiful. Like, Mm -hmm. it's... Well, I don't know. Like, the heroine isn't falling over herself. Yeah. My friend from my book club up here in Alaska, Erin, my romance book club, said yeah. she was reluctant to read it because she just hasn't been in the mood to read, like, a depressing and dark romance. It is not anything that's no, going to put you in a bad mood whatsoever. No. I mean, I think there are certain things in it that are triggering for maybe certain people. Like mm-hmm. maybe if you're an alcoholic or, right. you know, you're somebody who has like a, you're a compulsive of a reader or something like that. You know, there are some yeah. things in there that might be triggering to some people. However, just generally, it is like 100% happy. It's a rom-com. Rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. It's not dark. It is not going to bring you down at all. No, no. So if you're one of those people, please read this book. We should have said that at the beginning. Why didn't we say that at the beginning? You know, I think they got the gist of it in our recap so far. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Do you have a lady love? Mine is get yourself a big change if you need it. I am feeling like a new human after cutting off a foot of my hair. Everybody was like, but Melody, you've been growing it for so long and it's so pretty. And both of those things were true. But I needed it off. I needed it off my neck. I needed to stop having headaches when I put it up. I needed to have less hair coming out of my head in the shower, even if it looks less just because it's shorter. I needed a lot of things and it delivered. So get yourself a big change. If you're feeling stuck or frustrated or whatever, it might help. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Um, did you read at the end of this book the behind the book essay? No. I may read the whole thing out loud to you. Okay. So this is my lady love. It's uh the behind the book essay at the end of this book. It hit me in in such the feels on the plane on the ride back. I nearly cried. I <gasps> I cried or nearly cried twice during this book. One was during the meat and potatoes of the book. The other (laughs) one was during this. But I don't know. It's like two pages long. So I don't know. Just read read it. Read it. They say if you stare into the abyss too long, the abyss stares into you. Well, I'm here to tell you that the abyss they're talking about is a blank Microsoft Word document. When I wrote my first book, The Hating Game, I didn't even know I was writing a book. Ha ha, I thought, grinning to myself as I tapped away whenever I felt like it. How enjoyable. How droll. How did I do it? (laughs) Who knows? But it's printed with such a cute cover. What was next? I opened a new document and I stared. Picture me propped up in bed like Beth March from Little Women slowly fading away from second book syndrome. My expert nurses during this crisis spoon-fed me broth and assured me that it was a very common disorder for new authors and I would survive. I didn't believe them and honestly thought I was a goner. I doubted my creativity, talent, and skill so intensely that I nearly gave up roughly 99 times. But I loved my book title. It gave me goosebumps on my forearms. 99% mine. I'd say it to myself until it became a mantra synonymous with don't give up. The outside world faded away and I began to laugh at myself again as I typed, ha ha, how droll. I learned a very hard lesson I'm sharing with you now. That important, impossible thing that you have nearly given up on 99 times, just finish it. Whether there's success or failure, no one can take your the end prize away from you. Finishing is the most important thing there is. It's proof of how hard you tried. This book is printed with environmentally friendly, tear-based ink that I cried (laughs) into a vat, but I wouldn't change it. The first time around, I was astonished to realize that I'd written a book. 
The second time around, I know I wrote a book. I was there for every single ugly, gritty moment of it. Whether it's going to be a success or not is besides the point. I finished something that was impossibly hard for me. I would now like to thank everyone who has asked me who has asked me how they could read more by me. Readers eagerly searched my back catalog and then were stumped to find out that the hating game was all she wrote. <laughs> to thank them for waiting so long, I am happy to include two additional pieces here. And then she talks about the 1% more and the, oh. um, the uh, bonus epilogue to the hating game. But I just, the, the words of like, just finish it and no one can take your, the end prize away from you. It was just, I, <sighs> There are a lot of first book authors that came out that I'm I wasn't worried about their second book because it's like Helen Huang like all these authors have yeah. a path for their second book. I I know what's going to happen, you know, with the cousin or whatever in these other books. Poor Sally Thorne had nowhere to go. And she had to start all new up against that success of the hating game and it yeah. It upsets me so much that there are people that think this thing is dark because on paper it looks like an alcoholic with depression and blah 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 not that that's not a good idea for a book but right that that are avoiding it for that reason and yeah just don't avoid it because it's it's a beautiful beautiful book it is and and it's so funny yeah and when we were doing the author signings at KissCon, she made a comment you know we were in a line and Blair was HB Blair was in front yeah. of me and she had two hating games and one 99% mine for her to sign and she said oh good a 99% mine I haven't been seeing a lot of yellow books today oh and she had these buttons of her four main characters of Josh and um Lucy, Lucy. and Darcy and Tom and it was just a sea of Darcy's no one wanted Darcy and I just Oh. It upsets me so much because I would much rather read about an um, imperfect heroine finding the yes. solution for her than, uh, you know, a perfect heroine with an imperfect asshole. That's yeah. just me, but Same. anyway. Same. Not that Lucy yeah. was perfect. I, I don't mean it like that, but I would rather have a story of healing for the heroine than somebody who was already mm-hmm. complete from the beginning. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, this, this, I love this. I loved this novel Me too. so much. I think I may have liked it more than The Hating Game. I think I did too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd have to go back and read The Hating Game again. I did like it a lot. But Darcy just, she felt like my people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And and Tom really did feel like the perfect man. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone within the sound of my voice, go read this novel before we ruin yeah. it for you next week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is so great. We've given mm-hmm. you a fucking gift. Mm-hmm. Take this week and read the book. Get mm-hmm. it on audiobook. It's great. Either way, yeah, do it. It's so, so wonderful. Yes. Ooh, congratulations, Sally Thorne, for getting through all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can find us on all the places. Do you want to tell them where, Aaron? Sure. At Heaving Bosoms on Instagram, at Heaving underscore Bosoms on Twitter. Um, Heaving Bosoms Podcast on Facebook. Heaving Bosoms Podcast at gmail.com is our email address. The Heaving Bosoms Geriatric Friendship Cult is the closed Facebook group where only magical things happen. It's true. We have a Patreon, Heaving Bosoms Patreon, where we give you bonus content, I would say bi monthly. Yeah, a lot. Sometimes more, sometimes less. Yeah. Extra books, uh, hopefully soon to be some movies, uh, embarrassing Mm -hmm. stories, that kind of thing. And we also have merch on Redbubble, and we sell 
tote bags, shirts, coffee cups, and the tote bags, Sarah McLean said, were at very high quality when I was uh-huh. at KissCon. She said, look at this tote bag. What a high quality tote bag. So that is an endorsement I'm going to put on our website. Uh, I love Whether it. she likes it or not. So oh, yeah. No, so I'm there's not. Sarah McLean. Don't, I'm not going to do that. McLean, I would never do don't that. Don't say things out loud in front of us. <laughs> Unless you, if you don't want us to quote if you. you endorse products. God. <laughs> what a terrible thing to do. She did, though. She did say it was a quality tote bag when I asked her to sign it. She's like, ooh, where did you get this? Uh-huh. All right. So keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you are proud of carrying around your small, snaggletoothed dog <laughs> who's an entrepreneur who is not embarrassing <laughs> at all. And is a strong, independent bitch in this world. She is. Yeah. And it's not embarrassing. And it's not something that we should speak of as an embarrassing thing. No, we should no, not. No, we should not. No. All right. We never would. So. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, Melody. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars... Then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.